him for everything he had done for you since the beginning of the year. Praise him. Magnify his holy name. Adore the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the ancient of days, the unchangeable changer. Bless his holy name. The helper of the helpless, the defender of the defenseless, the Lord of hosts, the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Praise Him. Worship His holy name. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him adoration. Bless his holy name. Thank you, Father. Oh, blessed be your holy name, Lord. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my King. Blessed be your holy name. I worship you, I adore you, I thank you for your kindness, thank you for your faithfulness, thank you for your support, thank you for answered prayers. Oh, ancient of days, glory be to your holy name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for providing for me. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. What a marvelous God you are. I'm proud of you, my daddy. I'm proud to be your son. Glory, glory, glory be to your holy name, Lord. Thank you for loving me. And I want you to know I love you too. Glory be to your holy name, Daddy. Glory be to your holy name. Oh, glory. Glory be to your holy name. Hallowed be thy name, my Father and my God. Ancient of days. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Blessed, blessed, blessed be your holy name. Thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. I want you to lift your voice to him loud and clear and say, Father, this very moment remove the garment of shame from my life go ahead talk to the almighty God Father this very moment every garment of shame Lord 
remove from my life. Clothe me in your glory. Remove every garment of shame from my life. Oh, yes, Daddy. This very moment. Every garment of shame, remove it from my life. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. Amen. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. Jesus, we give you all the glory. Almighty, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. Thank you for what you've done for us in January. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us till this moment. Father, accept our worship in Jesus' name. My Lord and my Savior, I cry to you tonight concerning every one of your children, beginning from right now. Every garment of shame, take away from us. Anything in our lives that is challenging you, the Almighty. King of glory, anything in our lives that is causing people to say, where is your God? Remove it right now in Jesus' name. Please, Lord, replace every shame with your glory. In the lives of every one of us tonight, my Father, my God, do something glorious. And please, Lord God Almighty, once again we are in one accord. Have mercy on Nigeria. 
In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I want you to shake hands with three or four people and say, Your Excellency, arise and shine. Thank you, and then you may be seated, except those who are born in the month of February. If you are born in the month of February, let me hear you shout hallelujah. <laughs> my Father and my God, I want to commit all your children born in the month of February into your hands. February is the second month of the year, and so I'm asking Daddy that the blessings of all these your children will be double. Double their promotion, double their testimonies, double their glory. Give them a brand new beginning. A new beginning of double joy, of double anointing, of double commitment to your service. Let it be well with them and let them serve you double. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Children of February, shout another hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Maybe I should just seize this opportunity to announce to you that by the grace of God, at long last, the Redeemer's College of Technology and Management has started operating. Even though I'm the one saying it, but it is the truth that this is the best equipped college of technology in this country. And I rejoice with those who are pioneering members, those who are pioneering students, uh, wherever they may be, maybe if they stand up right now, I will just want to pronounce a blessing on you. Ah, okay. <laughs> they are over there. Okay, I, I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. You will succeed. And uh, you will shine for Jesus Christ. So shall it be in Jesus' name. God bless you. Now, uh, the special Holy Ghost service is next month
And usually, you know, we start on Thursday and go all the way to Sunday. But because of election that is coming up on the 2nd of March, we will only meet for Thursday and Friday. Now, for Friday, those of you who are far away, if you, if you know it's going to take you more than three hours to go from here to your home, then don't bother to come on Friday. Uh, stay at home, watch on television, watch on the internet, or listen by radio. I can assure you, I will pray specially for those of you who for the reason of the election cannot come. But we will start on Thursday and go on to Friday and we will finish. God helping me before 1 a.m. So that those of you who are roughly one hour, uh, three hours distance from here, you'll be back home long before 6 a.m. That is for the special Holy Ghost service. And the theme, of course, is Swimming in Glory, Part 3. Let me assure you, it will be the greatest special Holy Ghost service we have ever had. I can assure you of that. I have that one directly from my Father in heaven. Now, the preachers tonight uh, have been extremely wonderful. I think we should give the Lord a big round of applause for them. They are from the headquarters. They are from the headquarters family, so uh, we are not surprised that they are that good. I will be praying for the headquarters family later on in the evening. The lady who started us off did an excellent job. Beautiful teacher. Very beautiful teacher. We appreciate have very, very much for the teaching. But you know me very well. I'm, your, I'm not just your father, I'm your coach. And you know the coach is never satisfied. Uh, so there might be one or two points quickly that I want to point out to her so that the rest of us can learn. Number one, uh, when she was worshiping God to begin the program, I expected her to kneel down before the Almighty. I was looking forward to that. If, like father, like daughter, Abby. Do I hear amen to that? Then, secondly, when, when she finished, she didn't allow us to pray. She just prayed for us. Ah, my dear, we want to pray too. So next time you are closing your preaching, tell us to pray. All right? Let's give the Lord a big round of applause for her. She did a very beautiful job. Wonderful, wonderful teaching. One of the things I got from the teaching, uh, I'm sure some of you didn't know I was listening. 
I might not be here. <laughs> I was I was listening, even in my prayer room. Was that nobody can be swimming without getting wet. In other words, if truly you are swimming, the moment people see you coming, they will know this fellow has just been swimming. That is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful point. So those of you who claim that you are swimming in glory, we should begin to see it from now on manifesting your life. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. And then came the young man. (laughs) And he just blew me off completely. I mean, it was adding points upon points upon points before I could digest one he has brought in another one wonderful wonderful preaching wonderful preaching and there's one particular point he made apart from all the other beautiful ones you know my wife referred to one of them uh, if there is somebody who is willing to pray, there is a God who is willing to answer. That's beautiful. So if you are not praying, it's your fault. But there's one important point that you must take up with you. There is a medicine that can change your mess to a message. What is that medicine? Mercy. Ah, I'm happy you heard. So let somebody lift up your hand to God and say, God, be merciful unto me. Say it loud and clear. Isn't that beautiful? Bartimaeus was a mess. He cried for mercy. We are still talking about him today. Say it one more time. God, have mercy on me. <laughs> now, he did very well. Again, because I'm your coach. I'm never satisfied until my children become excellent. He has a big problem. What's that big problem? He only mentioned the Bible passage once. Ah, we're going to remember you are moving so fast. You, do, you mentioned the Bible passage. Before we can write it down, you are gone. Remind us. Follow my example. I always mention the Bible passage twice. So that those who didn't hear the first time may hear the second time. Because it doesn't matter how well we preach. It doesn't matter how much theology we think we know. The only thing that will stand forever is the word of God. Forever, O Lord, 
But go ahead, give my boy a big, big round of applause. He did a great, great job. All right. It's always difficult to preach after these young people. Somebody said the future belongs to the young ones. I agree. But I hope the young ones will also remember they can't make it without us, the elders. The future belongs to you. You can't get there without us. We need to mentor you. We need to correct you. We need to guide you. So young ones, respect the elders. Do I hear amen? Uh, Without the hand of Moses, Joshua would not be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Without the mantra of Elijah, Elisha would never have crossed Jordan to his destiny. The youth need the elders. Do I hear the elders say amen? Do I hear the youth shouting hallelujah? Good. Isaiah chapter 60. I'm reading from verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. I told us last month that the glory of God is light. The glory of God showed upon the people. And as this passage is telling us, you can only arise and shine if your light is come. So, in, in the first few minutes that, as we normally do, that I want to talk to those who are yet to give their life to Jesus before we go into the miracle section of the service. I want you to know that you cannot shine without light. Not possible to shine without light. And you are not going to get light from Satan. It's not possible. Satan is called the king of darkness. Everything associated with him is darkness. And you cannot be in darkness and expect light. Jesus Christ is the light. John chapter 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. He said, 
I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Until you are following Jesus Christ 100%, you are in darkness. And if you are in darkness, you can shine. The Bible tells us in Malachi chapter 4 verse 2, Malachi chapter 4 verse 2, it says Jesus Christ is the son of righteousness. He is the son. We Christians, we are the moon. We reflect his light. We cannot shine without him. It is only because we are in Christ that we too can say we are the light of the world because that's what he called us. It is by his decree alone, the decree of the Lord Jesus Christ alone, that you and I can say we are the light of the world because he said so in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Matthew 5, 14, he decreed it. You are the light of the world. Like the special song that we sang earlier on, he said, I am the light of the world because that is what the Lord Jesus Christ called me. Whatever he calls me, that's what I am. But if you are not one of his own, You are not light. And if you are not light, you can shine. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, Matthew 4, verse 16, there was a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. What's that great light? Jesus Christ. He said, those who are in the region of the shadow of death, unto them light is sprung up. Jesus brought light into the world. And then he says in Isaiah 42, from verse 6 to 7, Isaiah 42, verse 6 to 7, he said, I am calling you out in righteousness, calling you out of darkness. He said, come. I will hold your hand. I will keep you. I will even turn you to a light to the Gentiles. It's beckoning to you. Leave darkness. Come into light. Don't stay in darkness. Come. He said, I will hold your hand. I will keep you. I will even transform you. You too will become light. So tonight, the choice is yours. Do you want to stay in darkness? Or do you want to come to light? There is a passage in Micah chapter 7, verse 8. 
very important passage. Micah chapter 7 verse 8. He says, my enemies, don't rejoice against me. If I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. If you die in darkness, it will be your fault. It will not be because Jesus Christ has not shown you the light. If the enemy rejoices over you, the fault is yours. Because the Lord is saying, Come, I will hold your hand. Come. I will keep you. Come and let me change you to light. And all that is involved is that to say bye-bye to Satan, bye-bye to a life of sin, and come into the glorious light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have an opportunity to do so tonight. I'm going to count from one to ten. Before I say ten, if you want to say bye-bye to darkness, you want to say bye-bye to the devil and all his ways, you want to say bye-bye to a life of sin, you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the light of the world, Come and stand before me and I will pray for the salvation of your soul. Oh, the choice is yours. If you sit in darkness, your enemy will rejoice over you. But if you come to light, Jesus Christ will hold your hand. He will keep you. He will turn you to light. He's calling you now. Come out of darkness. Come into his light. Be transformed into light yourself. Today is your day of salvation. Jesus is calling you. Let his blood wash away your sins. And turn you to a light. To the Gentiles. Let the light of the world transform your life. Take you out of darkness, bring you into his light, and change you to light himself. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to the Almighty God and ask him to wash you clean with his blood. Tell him... I don't want to have anything to do with the devil and all his ways anymore. Please be my Lord. Be my Savior. Let your blood wash away my sins. Turn me to a light to the Gentiles. Cry unto him. And the rest of us, please, let's stretch our hands towards these our brothers and sisters and intercede for them that the one who saved our souls will save their own souls also. Let's pray that the Almighty God will have mercy on them, 
that his powerful blood will wash away their sins and they become children of God from this moment onward. Pray for them, brethren. Pray for them. Pray that the Almighty God will have mercy on you, that he will save your soul, that he will wash you clean with his blood, that he will turn you to a child of God. Call on him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And I will serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so, Savior, we want to say thank you very, very much for your word. And thank you for these people who have responded to the call. Thank you because you said that whosoever will come unto you, you will no wise cast out. They have come to you now, Father. Please receive them in Jesus' name. Have mercy on them, Lord. Let your blood wash away their sins. Save their souls today. Write their names in the book of life. And please, Lord, from now on, any time they call on you, answer them by fire. And don't let them ever backslide. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you who have come forward, I want to rejoice with you. I want to promise you that from now on, by the grace of God, I will be praying for you. So I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer requests. Congratulations. God bless you.
Thank you. Now, the text we read said, Arise and shine. I just want to take the first word, arise, tonight. That should be enough for tonight. Arise. What does it mean? Arise means different things to different people. It's all a matter of where you are. And we're going to look at the various positions you might be and then find out the meaning of arise for that position. And then we're going to do some serious praying tonight. Now before I begin to explain what arise means to different people, I need to let you know that the arise of Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 is not an advice. It's not a plea. You know, I've taught you in the past that when God wants to talk to you, he could talk in various forms. He could be advising you. I said before you, life and death, choose life. That's an advice. It could be pleading with you. It could be saying, why should you die, O house of Israel? I have no joy, no pleasure in the death of a sinner. That's a plea. It's pleading. But the advice here is a command. And God says, let there be light. It's a command, not an advice, not a plea. So God is advising, he's not advising, he's not pleading, he's commanding somebody here tonight and he's saying, arise. (laughs) Who is that fellow? Okay. Now, what does arise mean to someone who is dead? To the dead, arise means come to life. Resurrect. For example, in Mark chapter 5, from verse 35 to 43, Mark 5, 35 to 43, When he got into the house of Jairus, he took the little girl by the hand and said, Little girl, I say unto you, arise. What was it he was saying to that girl? She was dead. She was saying, I say unto you, resurrect. Come back to life. So if someone is physically dead and God says, arise, he's saying, come back to life. If someone is mentally dead, 
completely dead mentally, totally deranged. Arise, he's saying, hey, come back to your right mind. Like in Mark chapter 5, verse 2 to 15. Mark 5, 2 to 15. That fellow was mad, so mad he was living in the graveyard. But when the Lord met him, he fell at the, at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the time he got up from his feet, he was back in his right mind. When somebody is dead, materially, dead, financially, arise means come out of debt, be debt free. Begin to prosper again. Like in Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. Second Kings 4, verse 1 to 7. You know that woman who was so deeply in debt that the only thing the creditors could find of value in, his house, in her house were the children. And when the Almighty God commanded, before that day was out, not only was all her debt paid, she never had to borrow again. And so those of you who are in serious debt, arise. If one is dead, maritally, and it could, that could mean several things. It could mean that the marriage is over. It could mean that... Uh, the womb is dead, etc., etc. Arise simply means, hey, come back to life again. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 20, Romans 4, 17 to 20, that the womb of Sarah was dead. But when the one who is the light of the world paid them a visit, the womb came back to life. If one is dead spiritually, arise to me, come out of sin, come to the Almighty God, just like we have already seen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1, talk about being dead in trespasses and in sins. But basically, death is symbolic of hopelessness. Because some people might say, oh, well, I'm not dead physically. I'm not dead financially. I'm not dead uh, uh, spiritually. Death is symbolic of hopelessness. Job chapter 14, verse 7 to 10. Job 14, verse 7 to 10. Job said, or it was written, there is hope for a tree. If you cut it down, as long as the roots are still in the ground, it's waiting for the next rain, and then it will bud again. He said, but man dies. And that's the end of him. So death is symbolic of hopelessness. And you find another example in John chapter 11, from verse 20 to 25. John 11, verse 20 to 25. When Jesus arrived... In the house of Mary and Martha, the sister of Lazarus said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
In other words, it's too late now. There's no hope now. So arise to the dead, therefore means attack that hopeless situation in your life. Refuse to surrender to hopelessness. Refuse to surrender to those who say you can never make it. That's what arise means to the dead. Uh, I'll give you an example. You've heard the story before. An uncle of mine and was an engineer. Things used to be good, but things became very bad. So bad he couldn't get money to buy clothes. So bad he had to be taking the wrapper of the wife to make buba and sorrow. So he decided, okay, rather than shame, that he would rather die. But being a funny kind of person, he said, he will go to church, he will sing, he will dance so that everybody will notice him, and then he will go home and commit suicide. But while he was in the church, he had a sermon. The preacher was talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that the God whom we serve is able to deliver us, they did not know how God could do it. But they said it's all the same. He heard that word and said, ah, I don't know how I could get out of this my present predicament. But I refuse to die. The day he was sharing his testimony, he has just bought 14 cars for his workers. He refused to die. He arose from the dead. Let me hear somebody lift up his or her hand and say, I will arise. <laughs> say it loud and clear. Arise to the one who is sleeping means wake up. It is dangerous to sleep. In 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 4 to 16, 1 Samuel 26, from verse 4 to 16, the Bible tells us that King Saul slept, surrounded by mighty men of Israel, not ordinary soldiers, mighty ones, the best. But they all slept too. After all, they were human beings. And the enemy came, took the sword of the king and his water bottle. And those who came with David said to David, just one stroke and the king will be dead. When you are sleeping, no matter how strong you are, you are helpless. 
open to the attack of the enemy. And if you think, oh, I have bodyguards. <laughs> you want to trust bodyguards? They are human beings too. They do sleep. I was sharing with my children not too long ago during a morning devotion. I said, I've just gone around the camp in the night, praying. And I saw one of the guards. He wasn't just sleeping. He was far gone. I said, if it were in the past, I would have taken his torchlight. But now I said, let him sleep. After all, he's a human being too. Thank God that's a God who never sleep or slumber. Let me hear you shout hallelujah to him. In Matthew 13, from verse 24 to 28, Matthew 13, 24 to 28, the Bible says a man went to his field. He planted some very beautiful seed. But when the day came and the seed began to germinate, there were tears also. He said, I planted good seeds. Where comes all these tears? Uh, somebody said, an enemy has done this. When you are sleeping, enemy can sow. But apart from that, apart from the dangers of sleeping, what exactly does sleep mean? Well, Proverbs chapter 26 verse 14, Proverbs 26 verse 14, tells us that when somebody is sleeping, he can be rolling on his bed. He thinks he's moving, but he's still on his bed. What does sleep mean? It means motion without progress. Just on the same spot. Going around in circles. You think you are moving? But we are still on the same spot. Some of us understand what that means. For years now, 5 a.m., you are awake. So as to be able to catch the bus going to Lagos. And you go in the morning, you return in the evening, you go in the morning, you return in the evening, you'll be doing it for years and you remain on the same spot. Sleeping. Oh, but the Bible says something else about sleep. You want to find that one? In Isaiah 29, that's the one that is, is most fearful. Isaiah 29, verse 8. He said, A hungry man is sleeping. And he had a dream. And in the dream, he was eating. But when he wakes up, he's still hungry. <laughs> He went to bed thirsty. In his dream, he was drinking water. When he woke up, he was as thirsty as ever before. What does sleep mean? It means unfulfilled dreams. When you have dreams, beautiful dreams, but they never come true, that is what sleep stands for. 
I know a student when I was at the University of Lagos as a lecturer. He came in to study engineering. After years, when he couldn't go beyond year one, they asked him to withdraw. So he, he changed to architecture. After years, they asked him to withdraw. He changed to fine art. He said, drawing is drawing. He never graduated. Unfulfilled dreams, that is sleep. And some of us are sleeping. But will you lift your hand to the almighty God? I say in the mighty name of Jesus. I will arise. And then arise means something different to one who is sitting down. To the one who is sitting down, arise means stand up. It's not the same thing as to the one who is dead. The one who is dead, arise means resurrect. To the one who is sleeping, arise means wake up. To the one who is sitting, arise means stand up. Now what does sitting mean? Number one, it means resting too soon. You are complacent. You think you have arrived. God wants to take you to the sun. You are not even on the moon yet. And you are already seated. You know the story. First King chapter 13 from verse 1 to 25. First King 13 from verse 1 to 35. It's the story of a young prophet. God sent him an error. Go and deliver my message. When you finish, get out of town. Don't eat there. Don't drink there. Don't take the same way you took in when you are coming out. He did what God asked him to do, and he left. But before he got home, he decided to sit down under a juniper tree. He rested before he got home. That's where the older prophet met him, took him back to go and eat and drink, only to prophesy to him that a lion will kill him. That boy never got home. The problem with many, many, many Christians is that we are seated. We thought we have arrived. Oh, I've seen it happen again and again. You see a man of God, he's doing so well for the Almighty God. The church is growing, the work of God is moving, and all of a sudden, he's seated. No more prayer at night. No more, no more Bible study. No more self-sacrifice. Seated. Or it could even be worse still. If you read Psalm 1, verse 1. Psalm 1, verse 1. You, you, you will notice something there. 
He talks about the man who is blessed. He said he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. I just want you to take a look at something there. From walking to standing to sitting. Retrogression. Things getting worse and worse and worse. He was walking, then he was standing, now he's sitting. To be seated means you used to be a champion. But now you are a relic. You used to be relevant. But now you are a relic. In 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 1, Saul was captive. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14, 1 Samuel 16 verse 14, he has become a relic. Seated. In Luke chapter 15, from verse 11 to 19, Luke 15, verse 11 to 19, you find the story of the prodigal son. He used to be wealthy. The things had gone down, 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 until he was now struggling to eat with pigs. But he said, I will arise. I will arise means I will attack retrogression. I refuse to go down any further. I refuse to stop until I reach my goal. It's a terrible thing to be seated. So be satisfied when God says he still wants to move you higher. To say, I want to sit down. <laughs> I can give you an example close home. When we came here to this campground, we had four and a half acres of land. Then we bought more and got to about 30. Then we bought a little more. By the time we got to about 100 acres, there are people who said to me, ah, what do you want to do with all this land? 100 acres. And unfortunately, I listened to them until the Almighty God woke me up one day and said, what's wrong with you? Are they the one who called you? I did the one who brought you here. Let me hear somebody say, I will arise. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Daddy says, I should tell somebody here today. He said, doesn't matter what the enemy may try. There will be no mourning in your family this year. <laughs> 
eyes to the one who is standing. Means jump to action. You are not sitting down now. You are standing. You are already standing. And God says, arise. What does that mean? He says, jump to action. 1 Samuel 16, from verse 11 to 13. 1 Samuel 16, 11 to 13. When Samuel went to the house of Jesse to appoint a king, and he couldn't find the king among the seven boys presented, he asked Jesse, are these all your boys? Jesse said, well, there remains another one in the field. And that one uh, is not a king material. He was so reluctant in referring to David that Samuel said, we will not sit down until you bring him. So Samuel was standing when they brought in David. And God spoke to Samuel and said, Arise, this is he, anoint him. So, arise to the one who is already standing means jump into action. Arise means, therefore, begin to move, begin to make progress. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Acts 3. Verse 1 to 8. When Peter saw the, the, that man who was born lame, he said to him, Silver and gold I have none, but what I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And of course, the man jumped up, leaping, walking, and praising God. Arise means stop being stagnant. Begin to take steps. It may be one little step after another, but begin to move. Second Kings chapter 7, from verse 1 to 11. Second Kings chapter 7, from verse 1 to 11. It tells you the story of the lepers by the gate of Samaria. Who said, if we sit down here, we will die. If we go to the enemy territory, there is a possibility we will die too. But at least let us move. Let's take steps. Let's stop standing still. Do you know, there is a story in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, from verse 23 to 29. Matthew 14, 23 to 29. You know the story where Jesus told the disciples to go to the other side and uh, he went to the mountain top to pray. By the time he came down, uh, it was night. All the boats had gone. And the disciples were in the middle of the sea in a storm. And Jesus was walking towards them, walking on water. They saw him, they were afraid. You know the story. 
And he said, don't be afraid, it is it's me. And Peter said, if it's you, ask me to come unto you. And he said, come. The rest of the disciples were in the boat with him. <laughs> it was a stormy night. They were all standing, bailing out water from the boat. Only one fellow took a step. That was Peter. Oh, I know many preachers had preached some terrible sermons about Peter. Hey, he took his eyes off Jesus Christ. He began to sing. I, I agree. But he took a step. And he walked on water. He took some steps on water. None others did that one. Except the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh. Arise to the one who is already standing means take steps to fulfill your potential. There is a tremendous amount of potential in you. What you can achieve is beyond your widest imaginations. But you have to take the step first. Anybody who's not willing to dare, who's not willing to take risk, is not going to move far. When I told my people, we have found land for campground, they said, Where? I said along the Lagos Ibadan Expressway. <laughs> Where exactly there? And I described it, they said, ah. Because this used to be the headquarters of highway robbers. And they were robbing every day. You want to take us into that jungle? Thank God in the Redeemed Christian Church of God, God rules here. <laughs> I said we are going. Okay, you are our leader. If we are going, we follow. This place was so bad at that time, an acre of land was selling for 1,000 naira. Nobody wanted to buy it. Things are different now. But it is because by the grace of God we took that first step. That's why we are where we are today. Do I hear somebody shout, I will arise? <laughs> Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you have to arise. Take the first step and see the almighty God in action. 
the one who is already walking. What is the meaning of arise? Thank you, Father. Hmm. It's a serious one. When the Lord asked me to tell somebody, I have destroyed destroyers before. I will do so again. Thank you, Daddy. Daddy wants me to tell somebody. He said, your greatest worry will turn out to be a false alarm. (laughs) Now, to the one who is already walking, Arise means start running. Oh, I'm already walking. Uh, and as he's saying, arise. Yeah, arise means, hey, who asked you to be walking? You should be running by now. 1 Samuel 17, verse 39 to 49. 1 Samuel 17, from verse 39 to 49. David and Goliath, they were already walking one towards the other. And they were talking. Each one was boasting about his gods. Uh, Goliath said, you little boy, uh, you are coming against me, you are dead. Uh, David was saying, I will show you that I'm coming in the name of the Lord. They were walking towards one another. But all of a sudden... David began to run. He's the one who began to run, who won the victory. Some of you are already doing well. You're already walking. But you should begin to run. This is a special year. Peculiar year. A year when you should force your way to dominion. Second Kings chapter two. You can read it from verse one to fifteen. Second Kings two from verse one to fifteen it tells you the story of what happened the day Elijah left and Elisha took over. Acts chapter eight from verse five to eight. Acts eight verse five to eight will give you another example of what I'm talking about. It tells you the story of a young man called Philip. He was already walking. He was already a deacon. He was already well known. But he didn't stop with walking. He ran all the way to Samaria. And from the one who used to serve bread, he became someone who took a whole city for the Almighty God. Running means accelerate your promotion. Do greater things. Move faster. 
Lord God Almighty. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was hungry to serve God. Hungry. I wasn't a good preacher. I didn't even know anything about preaching. All I knew was mathematics. But something inside me told me, you can start something. So in my office at the University of Lagos, during break time, I gathered together those who could not say no if I say come. My cleaner, my messenger, my typist. Every one of you, during break time, come to my office for prayer and Bible study. <laughs> They couldn't say no because they know their life depends <laughs> on obeying me. After some time, I said, when you are coming tomorrow, bring your friends. Little by little, that little Bible study grew to such an extent that my room couldn't contain. We went to a classroom, and at a stage at the University of Lagos, my head of department, the late Professor Chike Obi of blessed memory, had to call me. I said, Enoch, Adeboy, I know you. You're a good boy. But you are causing trouble here. We can't even get a typist to type for us. I said, I'm only doing this thing at break time. He said, if you want to do it, do it after we have closed, then you can do whatever you want. Because the situation got to such a stage that every messenger told other messenger, Bible study is going on here. 15 minutes only, not more. But that was the beginning. I didn't stop there. By the grace of God, one thing led to another and then to another. And then we had the first congress at Elisha Grammar School. And something led to another. And we are here today. If you are tired of making slow progress, raise your hand to the Almighty God and say, I will arise. the one who is already running. <laughs> what does arise mean? Ah, thank you, Daddy. I believe this one is my own. So I want to say yes to it before I tell you. The Almighty God said there's someone here today. He says, since I am the one building you, Every effort to pull you down will fail. Hmm. Daddy said there's someone here. He said the pain came suddenly. The doctors have not been able to find what caused it. 
But he asked me to tell you the pain will disappear suddenly. <laughs> we will hear your testimony soon. <laughs> to the one who is running. What does arise mean? Arise means begin to fly. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. Isaiah 40 verse 31 tells us that if you wait upon the Lord, you can renew your strength and then begin to mount up with wings as eagles. You can fly, you know. Not like a witch. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit can move you to a height you never dreamed possible. In Acts chapter 8, from verse 26 to 40, Acts chapter 8, from verse 26 to 40, the Bible tells us the story of Philip. You know, he was walking when he became a deacon, and then he began to run when he, he, he took over Samaria for Christ. Then God said, Hey, I still have something else for you. Go to the desert. And he got to the desert and saw somebody who was coming to Africa and said, Well, uh, go and join yourself to the chariot. He joined himself to the chariot. He preached the gospel to the fellow. The fellow got converted and brought the gospel to Africa by, this, by the way. And then the man said, I want to be baptized. Uh, why not? So Philip baptized him. The Bible said as soon as Philip finished the baptism, the Spirit of God cut him off. Just took him up, and the next thing we knew, he landed at Azotus. It is possible for the Holy Spirit to pick somebody who is already running and take him to a height that when he himself looked at himself, he will know only God could have done this. And I give you a very simple example. Myself. Whether you believe it or not, I loved to eat. So those who tell you that I don't eat, <laughs> they are deceiving you. Because I heard that some people carry some rumors around some time. They said they uh, the reason God is using him is because he doesn't eat. Uh. <laughs> if you think I don't eat, invite me to your house. <laughs> Prepare good pounded yam. And make sure that the combination okra soup had plenty of bush meat and fish and chicken and whatever. And you will see a miracle in your dining room. 
even as mountain becomes a valley. The first time somebody said to me that I should fast for three days and three nights, I called him a murderer. Because I never fasted before. The only fasting I ever did was on Good Friday. And that is from morning to 12 noon. And by 9 a.m. I was already checking the clock to be sure it's 12. Then somebody said I should fast for three days and three nights. I said, you want to commit murder. But one day came. And I saw one little girl giving a testimony. I said she was thanking God that she fasted for seven days and seven nights without food. Ah, I looked at her. This little thing. (laughs) Seven days and seven nights without food and not dead. So I decided I would try three days. And I'm telling you, the three days and three nights, I thought I would die several times. (laughs) But uh, today now, 40 days and 40 nights is no joke. But God has done it again and again. Is there anybody here who wants to go to greater heights? Let me hear you shout, I will arise. (laughs) What about somebody who is already flying? What does arise mean? Hmm. Thank you, Father. Let me say amen to this again before I tell you. Because this one definitely must be mine. Because God said, there's somebody here tonight. He said, you will struggle less and yet increase more. The one who is already flying Arise means move from glory to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 that somebody had already uh, referred to tonight. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18 said that uh, we are beholding the Lord as in a mirror and we are changed by the Spirit. From glory to glory. Somewhere along the line, in all this, uh, in our series on swimming in glory, we will talk about categories of glory. Because the Bible says there's one glory of the moon, there's another glory of the sun, and then there is another glory of the stars. But stars differ from stars in glory. So if you're already flying, and people can testify that you're already flying, 
There is somewhere higher to go from glory to glory. Let's consider Peter just quickly. Peter started by healing people by touching them. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Acts 3, 1 to 8. He held the layman by the hand before the man could walk. Then he moved on to healing by a shadow. Acts chapter 5, from verse 14 to 16. Acts 5, 14 to 16. Then he moved to healing by say so, just by speaking. Acts chapter 9, from verse 32 to 35. Acts 9, 32 to 35. Then he moved on to raising the dead by saying so. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 42. Acts 9, 36 to 42. The almighty God has something higher for you. It doesn't matter how high you are now. You haven't seen anything yet. If you believe that, let me hear you shout hallelujah. preparing this message I remember the testimony of one of my daughters in the mission field she had been barren for years then we went to visit the country where, they, where her, her husband and herself were located daddy I've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb all this year I said ah, okay this is your year and I'm saying this is your year to somebody. That very month, she became pregnant. Pregnant with a set of twins. Three months into the pregnancy, or about three months to the pregnancy, she went for a test. And they said, one of the twins had died in her womb and because it's one of these advanced countries they said well there's a way out we will operate take out the dead one so that the living one can survive she gave gave me a call and I cried to God these are miracle babies how can one of them die And the doctor said if they don't operate it as soon as possible, (coughs) the dead one will rot and poison the other one so that both of them will die and even the mother may die too. You are my God. We through all things are possible. These are miracle twins. And I want to see the two of them alive. Well, to cut a long story short, Six months later, she delivered 
the two twins are alive and well because there is a higher level that the almighty God can take you if you are not satisfied with where you are and you want to go as high as God can ever take you let me hear you shout I will arise We'll be praying in a moment. But I just heard somebody singing. And you know when I hear this kind of singing, <laughs> it's a special miracle for somebody special. And the song in English means my Jesus is performing wonders. In the life of me, his child. I will sing it in Yoruba, but that is what the song means. Jesu yinda bira, Jesu yinda bira, la ye mi omare, Jesu yinda bira. If you know that song, stand up and sing it. Jesu yinda. One more time. Just one more, just one more. Lord asked me to tell someone before the end of this month that will be your song. Now I want I want you to sit down and write down your prayer points because we want to pray now. If I were you tonight, <laughs> I will pray like never before. Prayer point number one, of course, you know that. Praise Him. Praise the Almighty God. Praise this wonder walking God. And then number two, you will say, in the name of Jesus. I will arise today and God will reverse my irreversible. When we talk of hopeless situations, if you arise in faith, the irreversible will be reversed. So, in the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will reverse my irreversible. Number three. 
In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will fulfill all my dreams. I will arise from my sleep and God will fulfill all my dreams. Number four. In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will end stagnation in my life. Number five. In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will help me fulfill my potentials. God will help me fulfill my potentials. Number six, in the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will accelerate my promotion. Number seven, In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will take me to greater heights. Number eight. In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and God will move me from glory to glory. Number nine. In the name of Jesus, I will arise today and begin to shine for the Lord. Number 10. In the name of Jesus, I will arise today
begin to swim in God's glory. I'm going to give you some time to pray. Maybe three minutes for each point. About 30 minutes. And the altar is open. You can come and cry to the Lord. You arise and begin to shine. Arise from the dead. Arise from your sleep. Arise, those of you who are seated. Arise, those of you who are standing. Arise, those of you who are walking. Arise. And let the Almighty God take over from there. Go ahead and begin to cry to the Almighty God. Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In the name that's above every other name, you will arise. The Almighty God will reverse your irreversible. The King of Glory Himself will fulfill your dreams. Beginning from right now, an end will come to your stagnation. In the name of the Almighty Jesus, the Almighty Himself will help you fulfill your potential. He will accelerate your promotion. He will take you to greater heights. He will move you from glory to glory. You will begin to shine for the Lord. For the rest of your life, you will swim in his glory. And now, my Father, my God, I'm committing your children from the headquarters family into your hands. Because they are the headquarters, the mother of all branches. I hereby decree, Lord God Almighty, that they will never know barrenness. You have made them the head, they will never be tail. They will always be above, they will never be beneath. And they won't bury their children. Whatever they ask from you, my Father and my God, 
you will grant them double. And I pray they will continue to be fruitful. Thank you, my Father. All of you who have come tonight, this night will be a night to remember. It shall be well with you. The one who said that he had destroyed destroyers before, we take care of those trying to destroy you. You shall go higher. You will never go lower. You shall go forward. You will never go backward. And you too, you will serve God to the end. So shall it be. And this month will be a glorious month for you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let me hear you shout hallelujah. 11, 12, and 13. In all our churches, you can link up to the camp here via Dove Media because we'll be conducting three days of special divine encounters with the Almighty God. Three powerful days of divine encounter, February 11, 12, and 13, one hour each day from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. if the Lord has not returned by then. Well, has anybody been blessed tonight? Even your hallelujah should arise. Okay, very quickly, let's say thank you to the Almighty God for what He has done. And then we'll have the final blessing and be on our way. Don't forget, next month is special Holy Ghost service. It will be the first Thursday and Friday. We will end on Friday, latest by one o'clock, just as we are doing tonight. And those of you who are more than three hours journey from here, please don't come. Stay home, watch on television, on Dove Media, or by the internet. And please, during this period, 
keep praying for mercy for Nigeria. We need mercy before the election. We need mercy during the election. And we need a massive dose of mercy after the election. So keep praying for mercy for Nigeria. Um, make sure you vote. It's your civic duty. You must vote. If you don't vote, you have no right to complain to God if the ungodly gets elected. You must vote. And when you finish voting, security situations permitting, make sure you stay around till they have counted the votes in your polling section and record the result. Stay after you have voted. Let them do the counting while you are there. And then make sure you record whatever they say is the result. I uh, can't say more than that, but uh, I'm sure God will have mercy on us, all of us. And don't forget that great important point that mercy is the medicine that can change your mess to a message. So while you are praying for mercy for Nigeria, include mercy for yourself, for your family, and for your church. All right. If we are ready with our thanksgiving, shall we stand on our feet and lift it up to the Almighty God? And say, Father, there's nothing glorious in poverty. Keep poverty away from me. Go ahead, talk to the Lord for a moment or two. Nothing glorious in poverty. Nothing glorious in begging for food. Nothing glorious in waiting for somebody to dash me down before I can dress. Please keep poverty far away from me, Lord. Keep poverty far away from me. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So shall it be in Jesus' name. And so with joy in our heart, with the kind of dancing that will show the devil that you already are risen, let's dance to the nearest basket and drop our offering, and then we'll have the final blessing. Over to you, brethren. I will never be ungrateful to you, God. I will never be ungrateful to you, God.
Father, we are grateful. Thank you for a wonderful night in your presence. Thank you for answered prayers. Please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, please bless the offering of your children. Sanctify it. Use it for your glory. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, that this your children will never lack. Long before the middle of this year, let everyone here be completely debt free. And don't let your children ever borrow again. As you go, God will go with you. It will prosper your journey home. Everywhere you go this month, there will be miracles for you. By the time we meet again, your testimonies will be complete. So shall it be. And you will serve God like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Shake hands with one or two people and say, Excellency, arise. And then let me hear the biggest hallelujah you can shout.